Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. I'm John Hall covered in Cezanne. How are you? Hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny Cezanne Hall. It's better than the other took, nicknames we've given you in the middle. I've taken a, I took a, I took a Cezanne bath uh, seconds before we started this recording. I opened up a, a, a bottle of Tank 7 of Boulevard just to have his little side beer as we're talking and uh, didn't account for the excess carbonation and the FedEx truck that it just arrived on, apparently hitting every pothole in between here in Kansas City. So uh uh yeah, I'm I'm well doused in Saison right now. Everything so is say, everything is sticky. So you would say it's a side beer and a chest beer and a stomach beer. And- <laughs> yeah, it's in my <laughs> socks. Yeah. It's uh that, you gotcha. that's, you know yeah you gotcha. And you, anyway. and you will and you will smell attractive to seven humans until you shower. Uh, Finding finding the seven humans that love the smell of old Cezanne. I'm going to take the (laughs) dog for a walk after the show and just have all the neck beards just following me around. (laughs) There's special people you want to know, but they are hard to uncover. It's like the, the, the it's like the cartoon, uh, you know, smell waft, uh, where you know I'm just going to be walking down the street and all the neck beards will be floating behind me. If just (gasps) in the light, in the light. All right. So speaking our of delight, our accomplice is speaking of delight. I'm yeah, delighted. I am too. to introduce the delight, which is Hutch Kugman, head brewer at the uh, CIA. Um, for those of you that read books, think it's and a government movies, agency instead of are from our region and a food person. The CIA is Hutch. Tell them, tell them where you really work. You're not double sure, O Hutch. We are the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. So we are Carefully. the nation's foremost uh, culinary education college. Now you're comfortable saying that, right? Even in Johnson and Wales and and uh, what's the what's the uh, hotel? Hamburger University, Ivy League. No, what's the hotel management Ivy League? Cornell. Cornell. So Cornell, yeah. you guys, and Johnson uh, and Wales can claim that, but you guys are the cooking guys, right? Everybody correct. else is bookkeeping guys. And as it turns out, the brewery guys too. So they don't yeah. have breweries. Well, that's so the most exciting thing. Yeah. So that's why they're not on the show. Mm-hmm. Were you you have been the brewing teacher at CIA since its inception sometime in the last 10 years, right? This wasn't something you stepped into, like you were the first guy. Yeah, correct. It was uh, we opened right. up the brewery about six years ago, so 2015. God. Yeah, Is we're getting old, John Hall. Yes. Yeah, I was there for that launch, and it just—it feels like it was last year. But yeah, all right. The last three years don't count, right? 
So no, it's funny. No. They, they haven't actually happened. It, so actually, I guess so. I was gonna get there, but let's start there because one of the more one of the more famous times John Hall ever got the "Come pick up your friend, he's embarrassing" texts. <laughs> um, like I know where this is going. Involves a day that started <laughs> in the actual CIA restaurant. Yes. Um, and we drank your beers, mm-hmm. and we ate their food, and it was. It was just well. It was the last good part of a day that just went pear shaped so hard. Think about um, how everybody else felt. Yeah, well, like they'd seen something <laughs> worth noting on, and they're welcome for that. You know how often I didn't that know that that's where this story. Ha- I didn't know that that that. Oh, yeah, so everybody thinks it starts that story. Yeah. Everybody thinks it starts at Evans because Evans the one who puts the swerve on. Yeah, but it actually starts with a really gentlemanly, <laughs> dignified lunch with. All of my brew team and my management team in uh, you should actually describe it because I'll just use kind of cliched dining words, but it's like a, a linen tablecloth, fine dining. Oh, it's yeah. old house yeah. in, in America thing. Why, so how do you guys describe your space and the experience in the restaurant there, Hutch? Um, well, I mean, it's really unique in the sense that we are uh, as a culinary educator, you know, we are. Uh, the restaurants are all both operating full service restaurants and classrooms. And okay. so all the people working there, all the students, all, all the servers, all the back of the house personnel are all in class. Um, which means, you know, you get them at different points throughout their education. You might be there on their first day, first dinner service, and you don't necessarily know that. Or you might get them when they would have been there for six weeks. Um, but we try and give them a full balanced education. Every student has to work both front and back of the house. So they do a few weeks at each. Um, and we have a couple different restaurants. So I think you guys probably ate at Bocuse, if I'm not correct, right? You know, that French, is right. Yes, which is right. definitely the highest level service. And that is white tablecloth and, um, you know, very, very elegant uh, French cuisine. And lovely. Um, and which lovely. is a great way to start, you know, either a very prosperous or, as it turned out, um, more yeah. off the rails sort of day. Well, it, it definitely set me up for everyone to <laughs> knock me down. Yes. Um, it's fun. Cause we were, we were on a time schedule. We were, we were fine dining. So trying to give it its space and its experience and truly consider the cuisine and the beer, but we also wanted to try all of your beers. Right. So we, you know, in the space of a hour and a half, 90 minute lunch, we gun four beers out of pints. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, things went wrong. and then we jumped into a bus, which was yeah. stocked with, with, the most dignified of road sodas boat and then rolled into Evans just right. primed, primed for all of Evans devilishness. I, um, I, I don't want to get you in too much trouble and I don't want to stay on the story for too long, but was this when you were walking around with some sort of crystal jar? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So was, now I know a, the day that was, that was the day of multiple texts from multiple places. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I got there fast. Yeah, and stayed sure there did. and stayed there long. Got there fast and stayed there long. Yeah. Uh, but when I think back on that day, I don't think back <laughs> on Suarez or industrial arts. I think Probably back better. on this beautiful lunch. And then my favorite part for you foodies who listen to the show, all both of you, then there's like the school bookstore for CIA, which is nothing but cookbooks and whisks. It's the coolest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you need a kitchen gadget, that's definitely the place to go. I, you know, I love it. A, uh, yeah, now, I mean, it's all part of the experience, you know. So you have 
you have the French restaurant, you have American Farm to Table, you have Modern Italian, uh, you've got our Baking and Pastry Cafe, which is for our baking and pastry students. And then you have the building where I work called the Egg, which is like our student commons, which is also classroom. Uh, and that's okay. where the brewery is. And that's all open to the public. Now, so let's talk about, so brewing is an elective, right? It's not like food service. They don't have to do a brew Correct. course with you. They Correct. opt for it. Yeah, but we what's have, the wait list like? Um, pretty pretty good every semester. You know, our students tend to be pretty jam-packed as far as getting their credits in and in different topics, and they have different interests. Um, we do have a beverage concentration. It's kind of what we call our majors, so a beverage major. Uh, so mm -hmm. all those students come through the brewery, obviously, as well as taking advanced wines classes and that sort of thing. Uh, but we're also an elective, so I get kids in our culinary science program, and I get baking and pastry students, and um, a little bit of everything, which is kind of fun. Yeah. No doubt. Now, so so you and I have talked about this since you picked up this mantle and it never seems to happen, although I wish it every day. Like every time I see Hutch, I'm like, so when you have that kid who is a modernist chef with all those aspirations who you turn to the brewing side, you're going to send him my way for a stage. Right. And it never happens. But I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put that back at the top <laughs> of my to do list. Put it, put it very high on the list because yes. I, I keep I keep dreaming of that kid showing up. And be like, mop the floors, bitch. This is just like. Um, can can I, was, I ask though? Wait, really quick, because when you're talking about people taking brewing as an elective, do you find that there are students with certain concentrations that flock to the brewing program more than fair, others? Yeah, I'd like, to know like, that. like other like the people well, who I mean, want to become bakers because um, brewing I, is so similar get, versus. Yeah, we do get a lot of bakers. Um, we do get. I mean, obviously, the kids who are more interested in beverage. Uh, which tend to go either into production or into front of house, you know, okay. they end up, in, end up in, you know, um, high end cocktails or the wine world. Uh, in fact, I just had a student stop in the other day who's now, you know, working on a vineyard. Um, and then we have some kids who got into brewing. So we have some graduates that are out in the brewing world. And well, that yeah, was my question. Yeah. Okay. And because it's an elective, you know, we also get kids who just need to take a class and their friend told them it was a really good class. And so they want to go learn more about beer. Um, so it really is a little bit of everybody. We don't get as many of the culinary science students as I think they would like because their their major is so uh, focused. They have they have a full um, that's what I'm trying to think. They have a really full course schedule, so it's really hard for now, them to get into the brewery. What what so culinary science? Mm -hmm. are, are we talking a track towards modernist cooking or just general? This guy's going to end up on a line. You know uh, what trend, what track is that? It's modernist cooking, but it's also a lot of R&D. Yeah. So um, I've had students that took the brewing class that were in that, that concentration who have gone to work for Campbell's or gone to work for big um, kind of food research. Right. Um, uh, one guy who just graduated who was super smart and went right into uh, kind of high-end like flavor development sort of think tank. Um, right. And then other kids who are, who are studying for like, you know, learning more about modernist cooking techniques so it's now the labs how well how well kitted out are the labs over there do you guys have rotovaps and all that and do you get to fuck with those when the inspiration hits and has um it? we do have one yes uh, i'm scared of it so i have not oh, come messed on. with it too much uh it's big and expensive in class and it yeah it is out. yeah it um, is i want one so bad <laughs> uh yeah we had we kept trying early on when i first was working there uh, one of the, my co-instructors, because I do work with one of the uh, CIA professors to teach part of the class, he was very science focused. And so we were trying to extract the flavor of habaneros 
without any capsaicin. Mm -hmm. um, huh. And every time we went to use it, either the, the machine was in use or something was wrong with it. And so I kind of, you know, I got a little scared and gun shy. They beat it, you so. out of it. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll, uh, get, we'll get there one of these days. We'll do it. Yeah. That's, I mean, uh, I'm saving every penny for a road event. Um, all right. So we should get to the beer, right? Cause we're already in it. Let's talk about the beer. So the reason some people get together on this show is to talk about beer, what it is, uh, not what it, not what we were told it would be, what it, what it's doing, not what we thought it would do and how it tastes, not what it costs. Um, to facilitate that, we drink blind out of opaque glasses, beers that have been mailed around the country by Justin Kennedy, sometimes successfully, um, and obscured with aluminum foil, also sometimes successfully. Yes. Um, I don't have the beers. So this is a pure Hutch and uh, Hutch and Hall affair. So I will step back and let John lead guide the tasting part. All right um and hutch you have the beers and you've been sipping on the number one since we've started i imagine and i have not i just poured it so oh, okay. i haven't even sipped it yet right, get uh, in it get sensory yeah on yeah yeah um i'm conflicted on this one um it has a lot of hefeweizen hallmarks to it but everything feels a little bit muted and a little bit far away you know, it's like it's like being at a live music show and the difference between standing close to the stage and speakers and then being far out on the lawn uh, where, the, you know, everything has a little bit of an echo to it. Um, that's what this beer kind of feels like to me, like it's far away from the yeah. action of what it's supposed to be. I agree with you. It, it's, it's definitely a very mild flavor profile. Um, I'm trying to, you know, that's funny. I didn't pick up Hefeweizen, but I was just drinking a wit beer. So maybe that's throwing me off a little bit. Um, There's something so, about so it. So it's got wait a second. One of you is to it. One of you is covered in Saison. Yeah. And the other is drinking a wit. And we're trying to identify the half. This is fun right. to listen to. Keep so going. now, so now we're, so it's, clearly we're both drinking radio. an Imperial Stout. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sensory off of it. But I agree. It's very, very muted aroma for sure. Yeah. And, and, but it's got, it, it, for me, the only reason I was thinking Hefeweizen is because it's got this um, this sort of candied banana peel thing to it. So it could be a little bit, it could be darker. It could be like a, uh, like a Weizenbach or something like that. Um, but I'm not getting much of, you know, th those sort of fruity malts uh, that I would no. normally associate with it. And I yeah. I'm getting a much milder malt character. Part of me was maybe leaning towards like Belgian table beer, Belgian single Mm -hmm. um you know something i'm trying to now, that of course makes my brain think okay who makes that beer and puts it into a system right uh, hey which, should i ask you a question um yeah are you in a mug or an opaque glass or can you see it i know i'm in a stainless steel pie okay glass. cool just because obviously you know oh, seeing the important. difference between a half and a wit and a and a single would 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 matter go on is, is it just me? There's a little bit of hot bitterness towards the end, mm -hmm. um, you know, earthy kind of, you know, European style Dry. hops. Like, yeah, yeah. Dry, well attenuated, I think, um, you know, not not thin. Yeah. It's got some body. It's got a little body to it. Yeah. I, I'm not getting Belgian in the same way that you might be thinking. Um, I'm just I'm not leaning that way. Uh, but there's something. 
Again, right, with, John, that, with that story. I wonder if, it, I wonder if it's yeah. high in like wheat or rye. Yeah, it could be. Because like, there is a spicy character there. So, I mean, you said before Weizenbach. Yeah. Um, it's not as big as that to me, but. Um, no, no. But I think I, I think it does have a weedy characteristic to it. Um, this just feels like like a proper, I don't know, European session beer almost. Uh, like mm-hmm. if this is some somehow in the four percent range, and mm-hmm. I could have a couple of pints of this, uh, I'd be really happy. If it's higher than that, um, something is missing a little bit for me. But so where is this session happening, Hull? Uh, this would be in an outdoor beer garden somewhere. Uh, high sunshine. Nice breeze, uh, perfect temperature, and just uh, you know, if it is a lower ABV, this is one of those that the conversation's good. Just sort of keep these coming because you're not really going to be thinking about it. Because again, the the flavor for me is just sort of muted all around. Where I'm not going to be considering it with each sip, but maybe like every seventh or eighth, I'll be like, oh yeah, this is it's still there, and then kind of keep going back. back. It's it's a it's a nice back of your brain beer for me. What about, what about you, you Hutch? Hutch? Yeah. Where are you drinking it? it? It's, oh, where am I drinking this? Um, this feels it's, it's, like a, you write the sentence of where if this was in somebody else's cellar and they were listening when we do the reveal, rather than cherish it or save it or trade it, just wh- where should they open it? Should they wait? Should they get into it? Where's Where's Hutch drinking this beer in his imaginary world? Wow, and I got to create a whole new world, huh? That's um, right. None of these are real you know, it's, worlds. It's, it's, it's very. And it always involves charcuterie. It's well, <laughs> that actually would probably go very nicely with this beer. Actually, um, it's very balanced, it's very drinkable, it's very approachable. Uh, it's not going to stand up to some really bold flavors. You know, this this does feel like a backyard barbecue with a higher level beer sort of thing. Um, you know, it's more interesting than than mass market macro lager, but uh, this seems like you know, yeah, something you could easily quap up. Like, like John was saying, I'd be very surprised if this is strong. If this is a stronger beer than four and a half, five percent, then it's really well hidden. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's very enjoyable. Kennedy, my man, you're All drinking right. it too, since you didn't want to share it with Cass. What do you <laughs> think of that? What do you think of their thoughts? Because we I don't have a third voice in this. They're basically spot on. This is a Hefeweizen from Germany. It's from Plunk Beer, P-L-A-N-K. Um, it is 5.2%. Ooh. It is shipped over and canned at our friends Be United in Connecticut. So it's one of those beers. So I'm wondering. You're if on their right. dole, man. I like that. Yeah. That what is... is going on? Why? How did we become Be United slaves? I, you know, I don't always check the labels before I buy the beer. And when I got home, it's like, oh, it's another one of those Be United things. Okay. So, Great. so, so your your crafting of our experience is so deep that you don't even know where the beer comes from when you pick it. I mean, I knew it was German, but I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like at some point we should start on the show asking Kennedy, well, why did you pick this? Yeah, just that's but, what I was just hinting at. No, I understand. <laughs> but we need to now give him the, the reason to go and put some thought behind it as opposed to, I don't yeah. know. I, it was closest uh, to the door. Sometimes this was, this was a, the impulse buy at the register. German in a while. Yeah, um, I tend to pick beers that I like overall. So yeah. this is something that I was like, oh yeah, this looks. All good. right. Well, then, then then you're back in Goose Island. I can fresh in Connecticut. And look at this. They on the back of their label, they have uh, six different world beer. This has cup. got some real medals to it. Yeah, is- yeah. Silver and Hefeweizen in uh, 2006. Uh, 2008. And that's wait. That's when Hefeweizen was a competitive category. Yeah, gold, gold in twelve. 
And then Browns. Well, by then it doesn't matter anymore. By then everybody was calling Hefeweizen's hazy IPAs. Well, that's true. Yeah. And then they got bronze in in 2016. So they went from gold in 2012 to bronze in 2016. So uh, that's because, yeah. According according to the website, it's been brewed since 1617, this unfiltered Hefeweizen. Mm. 1819. Yeah, I can count too. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Hutch, let's get back to that. So, Hutch, as a, so, are, how many different cl- beer classes can you take at CIA? Um, you know, if somebody really keys in on it. Can sure. they stretch out past, you know, fundamentals of brewing? It depends a little bit on the um, on the semester as far as what's offered. So the, the class that I teach all the time is called the Art and Science of Brewing, and that's the hands-on brewing class. Um, we also have a class that's called the Business of Craft, which covers all craft segments, but it's definitely a business focused one. And another class that's really really more of a beer class. So if you're not trying to learn as much about brewing, but you want to learn more about like beers of the world and beer and food pairing, we have a third class that does that. So it really depends on the semester. So like this semester, for instance, there's two sessions of the art and science of beer class or brewing class. So I've got 40 kids this semester, um, but not the other two classes being offered. So it really depends on the semester. Now, also question because there there's no way to actually physically brew a beer in what i would consider a class time how how do you do the brew day part of that class with the class yeah that did pose a challenge when we started the course you know back in 2015 um we ended up breaking up different parts of the brewing process into little chunks Okay. And so throughout the semester, the students have to come into the, the brewery a certain number of times, um, usually in small groups they sign up for every week, and they have to cover different topics. So as far as like the first part of a brew day, like mashing in, milling, um, we use grain sieves to check our milling, that stuff. Everybody does that with me pretty early in the semester. I kind of dedicate a week to that where we do some, well, I fill as many tanks as I can. And then if I have to do some faux mashes, we do. That's the only okay. time of semester we do something that won't be saved. Okay. And then throughout the rest of the semester, it's up to them to make sure they come to the second part of the brew day and to filtration and to packaging and keg cleaning and all the sort of stuff we do in a brewery. So, wow. Yeah. At some point, obviously, we need to talk about the system. So give me the highlights. But actually, the filtration class is interesting to me. Do you have all three? Do you no, focus on plate. one? We have a plate and frame. Okay. But we do talk um, about, um, you know, centrifuges and DE filters and f- fining and yeah. uh, all that stuff. So let's talk about let's talk about the actual system these guys are learning on and you're producing on mm-hmm. and what you do when you don't have students to do the work because the restaurants offer the beers year round, right? What well, and I Correct. guess just let's tuck that question into this: Are the restaurants currently open? Have they been? What's going on with that? So kind of sure answer yes. all that. The restaurants are all currently open to the public um, on uh, a little bit of a pared down basis. So they're limiting reservations just a little bit to, to kind of, you know, decrease congestion. Um, mm-hmm. The egg, which is the building where the brewery is located, is not currently open to the public, but that's new as of last week and probably will only last as long as, you know, this, this current spike. surge. Yeah, yeah this okay. current spike. Yeah. Once this goes away. Well, so as of last summer and fall, everything was fully open. Okay. Um, so we had shut down, you know, like everybody else did for a while and went online and then went kind of 50-50 online for a while. 
And then as of last summer, we're back to being fully in person, everything wide open. So um, yeah, so people can definitely come visit us and, uh, and try the beers. We do have some limited distribution in the Hudson Valley, uh, which we're working on growing a little bit and trying to get the beer out there a little bit more because we can brew a little bit more than we're selling on campus. So might as well. Now let's talk about, um, so let's talk about the syllabus for the actual brewing class mm-hmm. um, and kind of what happens if there's a uniquely precocious semester and you get ahead or is there like, we will do a lager, we will do an ale, you know, a small ale, a dark ale. Like what are the, what are the, what's the syllabus that must be done? Is there ever, and, and more, most importantly, what's the CIA beer students version of, Hey, professor, can we have class in the quad today? Like, like <laughs> that's, you know, um, <laughs> that's organizing a field trip to plan B and going and seeing Evan. Oh uh, yeah. And, and touring a, come a, home. a brewery that's cause he's only about 10 minutes away. Uh, right, and they never come home. I was, I was going to say that's that's the line from Spider-Man, right? I couldn't lose another student, not again. <laughs> um, yeah. No spoilers, no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. That uh, was the first one, so that's on okay. you. Oh, yeah. I've seen <laughs> not that. again. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the first thing I tell them when we go to Evan is, um, you're going to fall in love with the place, and it's a complete opposite of what we do, <laughs> because okay, because yeah. you know it's no stainless steel and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we do bring in a lot of guest speakers. You know, our program was was um, funded largely by Brooklyn Brewery. And they still act as a kind of uh, partner in this. They're really good about coming up and uh, and talking to the students, which allows us to kind of bring in some other non-brewing and non-science parts of the industry, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about branding and marketing and global uh, the global part of the business. Um, so we do bring in kind of liberally bring in guest speakers as much as we can um, to fill in the other parts of it. So the class uh, curriculum is focused largely on beers and beer science, brewing science and brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, every class of students gets to create a brand new beer with me, which we call oh, it class, fun. class project beer. So we give them beer styles to research and they present as like kind of a group project. And then we taste commercial examples of all of them. And then they get to vote on which one they want to make. And then we make it and serve it at graduation. So uh, usually fun. I, yeah, it is. Along the way, is there one everybody leans into and has it changed over the six years? You know um, what I mean? Like, like have, as have far you as seen, what style? Like, like we see trends in, you know, like we see trends in, in tap rooms. Sure. Are you seeing trends in student preference? Have you had to morph that? I don't know if, you know, I give them the styles they get to choose from. So I give them five styles every semester as for the gotcha. group projects. So I kind of control it a little bit. Um, so if, here's a pilsner here's a german lager here's a czech lager that, that a... might that might be true um not not a lot of not all the english bitters on the list uh i will say if i give them the choice of doing a sour beer they usually choose sour beer uh okay. mostly because they see it as a way to, to a vehicle to put a more culinary spin on it absolutely um strong beer is usually popular because they are college kids yep. uh so we have a belgian triple on right now it was the last semester's class project beer. Um, I tend to try and keep it towards more traditional styles, but there is usually some sort of hazy pale ale, IPA, double IPA on the list. Um, they don't always choose it. So that's, I kind of went into this thinking every semester, oh, I'm going to know, I know which beer they're going to choose, you know, based on the class. And I'm usually wrong. So I oh, stopped cool. trying to guess. Uh, so, that's like this show. Yeah, that's exactly like it's this right. show. We're it's like whether wrong. or not I'll get the beers this week. 
Um, speaking of which, let's speaking delve of guessing. beer two here, Mr. Yeah. Hall. Uh, so the second beer up, both of you have. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that hold on? Yeah. So how does what do you got? Talk to me about it. You got to lead again, John. Uh, so this it's. I don't know if this was the power of suggestion from earlier on, but I'm definitely getting darker malts now, a little bit of like caramel, a little bit of toffee, uh, again, that banana, um, but like darker, browner banana peel. So I'm in that sort of, you know, darker, uh, you know, Dunkelweizen kind of, kind of place. Yep, I'm I'm with you 100. Um, I'm also getting oh, like some good. oxidation, which makes me think it's European and maybe not, okay. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to ship it to be United. Yeah. <laughs> um, just it's got that kind of you know, especially with a with a maltier beer, it gets that little bit of tanginess kind of in the finish as it dry. It gets a kind of over dried little bit of character. I'm getting that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, a little bit of dried nuttiness. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that oxidation is 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 definitely there. Um, but I, it's not distracting in that way No, not at all. where, you know, in some cases it could be a flaw, like here it's sort of, I don't know. It's, it's a nice accent to it. I'm not getting the banana as much. Um, that could just be left over from the previous, you know, as well, but, but definitely a lot of, a lot of nice kind of toasty malt character there. Um, it's super carbonated. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it could be one of those beers where I would take big gulps of, but the carbonation is so robust that uh, it's much more of a sipping beer than a gulping beer. Um, yeah, I, 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 I dig this. I, again, I hope this is sort of like one of those. I'm not getting a lot of uh, alcohol heat or anything nope. off of it. Um, like I might with some of the stronger other ones. So it's either going to be really sneaky and put us under at 8% or I'm hoping that this is again in that like four or five range where I could have a couple of pints of this. This is same beer garden, same situation, except, you know, Sunday. spring yeah. and the, yeah, the, the, the sun is high in the sky. This is a little bit more uh, chill in the air. Kind Maybe of with, a, you know, some, something coming off the grill, some roasted meat or. Uh, yeah. Um, or yeah. Some sausages and some, some, you know, good pretzels, you know, like real, real pretzels. Uh yeah, this could be fun. Yeah, this is, I don't know. It's its nice. It's easy drinking. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Cool. Uh, good. So I think we've got the sentence written. Uh, Kennedy? Yeah, it's. Uh, you guys are spot on, but it's its not European. It's from Brooklyn. It's from Grimm, one of my other favorite breweries. And this is their Weiss Dunkel. It's a uh, Dunkelweizen, just like oh. Mr. said. Huh. 5.5 right. alcohol. Uh, What's the ABV? Five and a half. Okay. Uh, notes of dry fruit, banana, clove, and chocolate with a weedy tart finish is how they describe it. I'm not getting the tart, and I'm not necessarily getting the chocolate. Although I guess you know maybe some of that toffee that I was thinking of early on could I could have my brain be changed. And, and uh, re- relatively fresh, looking at the at the bottom of the can, so not super duper. You know, only about six weeks old. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the tartness they're talking about that I'm getting, but I that I would attribute to oxidation, but is maybe instead meant to be more of a kind of drying character. Interesting. Yeah, could be. I like it. Uh, I'll have to try that one. I think I could get a hold of that knowing family grim. 
Um, all right. Or cool. just wait until Tuesday when your mail shows up. Yeah, right. Uh, also Andy, have you ever? I said I said this pre-show, but if you if you've never drank a beer that was stuck in Trenton for six days, it's it's a thing. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get back. I'm I'm loving the idea. You you guys know that I'm loving the idea of a culinary school teaching beer, but I'm still looking for that promised child on a mm-hmm. on an average on an average semester. Hutch, looking back on it the whole time. Are you, is there ever anyone you're like, oh my God, this guy is one of us. And how often are people that think they'll enjoy brewing beer because they don't know what it really is? Like, God, I got this wrong. How many weeks is this semester? Um, I don't know about that, although I don't always get to see their grades. Uh, oh. I, I, it's a harder class than I think, like academically than students think it will be. Um, there are always people that you recognize, you know, you always recognize talent when you have a group of people and you can see, well, this person is particularly bright and motivated, or they really seem to click. And there have been students, both male and female in the past where I'm like, yes, this person needs to be in the brewing industry. Like they are clearly passionate about it and I can see their future ahead of them, you know? Yep. Um, and I would say rarely is there somebody who's a complete slacker that's really mailing it in, you know, really is decided they don't want to do the work. It's, uh, you got to try to fail our class. It's, you know, really is, uh, you do the work, you're going to be okay. And, and most kids enjoy it. And, and uh, but certainly sure. Some of them are there because they needed to take a class and their friends were taking it. And so they, they took a class, you know, um, not everyone is passionate about beverage. You know, they um, have a student last semester. Who's Who really are these people? I've literally <laughs> never met one of them anywhere. Uh, you know, I do get students who, you know, you are actually allowed to taste alcohol in class if you're underage. We have a special dispensation from the state. So we actually occasionally get kids who are 19 or 20 years old uh, who are very inexperienced with any sort of beverage, any sort of alcohol beverage. Um, right. And, you know, they come back when you guys were in college. You know, you're still figuring out who you're going to be. There's those kids mm-hmm. who know who they're going to be. And there's lots of us like myself who had no clue what they were going to do with their life. Um, Got it. Now, we've talked about um, the the now famous day that starts in your restaurant but but that what that does illustrate is the embarrassment of riches you have of brewers that we at least love in your area and the truth is you're all of my favorite brewers favorite brewer right like i'm just as likely if i'm gonna go see jeff Mm -hmm. or dan or evan to bump into you at one of their spots um how how like do you get to incorporate those guys yeah, at yeah. all? Is there, you know what I mean? And how does that happen? And, and is there, you know what I mean? And outside our friends who can get to you in an Uber, how far have you reached? Who's like, you know what I mean? Have you gotten Jester King up kind of thing? You know what I mean? How's that going? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously we're super lucky here in that's Valley. We have, you know, a bunch, you know, a very vibrant, craft beer scene and a bunch of really talented people who have been around for a long time who are, you know, as it all turns out, pretty okay dudes too. And um, honestly, and honestly, a good diversion of focus, right? If you just yes. take Dan, Evan, and Chief, you've got three very, very different, very, very different good businesses. brewers. Yeah. Yes. And, and doing different things and, and with a very different, I think, big picture for what they want their business to be. Um, but yeah, we go out, we go out, we do collaborations. Um, I'm trying to, so what have I done? Well, so we did, uh, two new Belgium collaborations uh, with Gio Wenzel. 
who's now at Industrial Arts. So we did one in Denver when he ran the Source Brewery there, and then he had come and done one with me. I just got back. I did the a, Source uh, one. That's the one in the hotel. Yeah. Okay. So he he was the brewer that opened that place up. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And uh, just got back. I did a collaboration out uh, in Oregon in November with Pelican Brewery, which was my first brewing job. Nice. So they're celebrating their 25th anniversary and they invited back four uh, former brewers from there to kind of do a series of uh, quarterly collaborations. So just did that one, which was super cool to see how they've grown. They were a brew pub when I was there doing like a thousand barrels and now they're doing 46 or 47,000 barrels a year. What's Um, their, what's the big beer that they're known for? Is it mother of all storms? Mother of all storms is one of them. I think he said a lot of their, Business now is actually can double IPA called Beak Breaker, I want to say. Okay. Um, which was something they did as a one off that like took off. And so now it's like 40% of their business. God love um, Oregon. Yeah. I mean, I guess everybody Not does. Bale Breaker, Beak Breaker? I think it's Beak. I mean, they, they're well, Pelican, Pelican Brewery. So they have yeah. a lot of bird. bird I, got, I, got, I understand. Yeah. I, understand. Um, I could have that name wrong. But uh, so I just did that. That was cool. And uh, I don't know, we'll see. Now that things are kind of loosening up, you know, certainly we do lots of local collaborations to spread a beer with Community Beer Works out in Buffalo. Um, where we did a, a, they do a barley wine festival. So we did a beer to serve at their barley wine fest. Um, and so all these things, stuff. are you on these things? You're dragging students along? No, not They're getting, all. okay. All right. Yeah. No, that's, um, no, that's called liability. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, yeah. I, was, I was like, <laughs> wait, if I was a 19 year old and they flew me out to Oregon to brew a beer. Uh, no, no, they're, uh, you know what I do do? Last in your class gets to go to Buffalo in January. (laughs) (laughs) I do, uh, I do invite them to come help at beer festivals though. So, uh, they get to come pour beer. Um, and we do a lot of the small local ones. And, uh, so I'll invite them to come help out for them. It's fun. You get to see the industry, you know, and, and get to get that customer feedback, you know, that that the fun part of being in a crowd at a, yeah, beer festival is. I was going to gonna say we we want the next generation of brewers. You're turning them off by having them work a fest. Oh, they What's love your it. lightest? What's your strongest? <laughs> All right, just give me a beer. Give me a beer. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's important they see that part of the industry too. Um, Indeed. But no, it's a lot of fun, and, and the, the students enjoy it. And uh, it's awesome. And now, last last question before we move on to a letter, which I hope we have. Um, so the CIA, a lot of my favorite chefs from my time in Jersey restauranting in my teens and twenties was, um, you know, a, a kid just out of CIA, CIA on a stage in the kitchen, always just breathe, breathed new life and new, uh, you know, just, just really, even in like the worst of like Jersey diners would, you know, bring a kid who just finished the colonies who would come in and everything would get a little more interesting before we broke them. Um, but so is, is there such a thing for beverage and is there such a thing for beer? Like if somebody comes out of the school and is like, I want to, you know, I've decided to follow a beer history. Do you have a program where you park them at somewhere like Brooklyn and give them, you know, the stage experience, but for we, brewing or we for don't, yeah, cocktail. no, we don't because the, 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 the whole externship stage thing, um, was part of their education when they were younger students. So, so that used to be that we've kind of changed the way the school is organized in the last five or six years, but it used to be basically end of sophomore year, you would go off into your externship or maybe mid sophomore year. Yep. And so, that's changed a little bit. And so now people do it at different points throughout their, their education. 
Okay. We have not done any beverage production externships. Neat. I think what Augie is, is angling for is that he wants you to send free folks workers. to him. He wants free no, 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 no. Yes. Well, yes. First of all, yes. first of all you know, I pay everybody. Yeah. But you know, you know, when we were trying to solve. So Kutch, I'm sure you don't know this because you weren't on that show. But when, when I try to solve for diversification in the industry and complete failure to diversify the industry amongst the craft brewers, whatever it's called, Union Guild Alliance, I don't know. Um, I always do it in the form of externship, like paid, but externships mm-hmm. and stages. I do like four levels where you work somebody in the you know five barrel, under a thousand barrels a year, 30 barrel around... 10 to 15,000 barrels a year and then a Brooklyn type place. And you just move to all three for a period. And, you know, somehow we get some, get them in with the sales department, get them in with the whatever over their time and they're done and it's 15 bucks an hour. And that's the solution, but same kind of thing, you know, for the stage type experience, the, the externship type experience makes sense to me. So I was, you know, since it's a natural thing for that business, I was, wondering where where yeah, it I, I agree with you i think that is something we should be pursuing um because the interest from students is there uh and the you know there are kids who i think would benefit from that greatly and i think we have something like you were saying before you know when you have a, somebody coming in like that who's young they do bring a lot of life and creativity and energy into what you're doing and i, I think we can bring that into the industry as well i mean for us one of the, my favorite things about working at the cia is working with the students working with creative chefs, but also like the kind of creative, energetic buzz the whole place has. You know, it was something that kind of left us a little bit for a while when we were 50-50 in person and 50-50 online. And it was noticeable the first day we came back fully in person and all the kids were back and moving into campus. And it was like, oh, the whole place kind of came alive again. Um, yeah. And and our students, they are bright and creative and energetic. And, uh, and I think there's absolutely a place in craft beer for that we should probably i should probably be pushing for more yeah agreed um (laughs) and (laughs) you know what i'm saying i just think it's so neat and and those guys having those experiences especially in that sophomore year kind of thing where then you go back Mm -hmm. and be like but hutch they were doing this and Mm -hmm. get some translation of you know that's because they never learned different that's because they never you know what i mean like well, that's when yeah, they figure out I'm making up most of what I do. So, well, we all are. There's it. no right way to make a beer, dude. That's I'm true. going back to your neighborhood. Like, there is no right way to make a beer. You could do it the Dan way, the Evan way, and the Chief way. And ultimately, you're making beer and you have done, done no two steps the same way. Um, so, so good for us. Hey, Kennedy, <laughs> my hey. man. What's up? My man Kennedy, you got a you got a letter for us? I do. I got an actual did you, letter. Did you, did you craft a fine hutch letter? <laughs> Someone sent us a physical letter. Wait, what? Paper mail? Yeah, well, there's a backstory. Remember last week we did the show with the guys from Old Irving Brewing? We did. Oh, yes. And yes. uh we they, so they said by the way, pause, pause. Those of you who listened to the show and those of you who have participated, please continue to send us feedback. In an irony, and I won't out the curmudgeon who sent us the negative feedback. The, the minute that thing was done, we got like 10 little things of like, guys, I love that. That was great. Please do it again. It was really fun being part of it. Let's do that. And one guy was like, no, only two beers, only black glasses. Was that Jason Garris? No. Nope. Jason Garris. We won't say names. It was not. 
Okay. It was not, but it, it was it was hilarious to me that I'm that, just saying Jason Garrett is paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, all right. So let's get back to it. What's, so anyway, what's your handwritten letter? Yeah. So they sent a the guys Matthew and uh, Trevor sent us beers, and you know we weren't gonna have it, it wasn't our idea to have them on the show, but we did anyway. They also included a letter in there with some questions for the show. Oh, so I'm gonna read oh. Yeah. Wait, to you only? Because I didn't get a letter with questions. Just to me, yeah. Because I'm I'm the letter guy, and they also did they say Kennedy, my man. They sure should do. Yeah, I have Fucking to say a. their their These marketing great. their this their Matthew marketing department is really good because he's <laughs> not only did he get on one show out of this, now he's getting two shows. This is genius, genius work, um, genius work. It's, it's kind of an esoteric question. I don't even know exactly what this means, but you guys probably because <laughs> you're brewer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. So right. uh, Kennedy, my man, uh, questions if you need it for the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on thialized yeast? We seem to like it in our hazies, but I've been seeing it used in lagers too. Um, and then the second question, maybe Cass can chime in here. He says, how do we get ball to get eight, eight ounce cans uh, and make it easy for most craft can lines to use these cans? What eight hmm. ounce can is he referring to? The squat, the sleek? We talk a Red Bull can. I don't know what's an eight ounce ball can. Well, it, that's I mean, the squat, ball, right? Well, the the eight ounce squat can, the little is buddy, made by Crown actually. Oh, um, ball uh. makes one. Um, and there is eight ounce sleek out there, which is your white claw can. But you know, twelve ounce sleek is your white claw can, and that's obviously you know a few ounces short of that. Um, we've definitely done beer in them for folks like Imprint in Pennsylvania, um, and I believe Urban Artifact out in Ohio. So you know you can get the cans. It's just a matter of uh, the brewers wanting to you know get them. Well, um, yeah, and and for those certainly of you, film. those of you at home, it's a very easy conversion to do twelve ounce and sixteen ounce on the kind of industry wide goose canning line we all use um it can also be converted to do sixes and stovepipes but nowhere near as easily so often you get the message that you can just throw the you know these you can use all four cans but day-to-day brewing it's it's a big switch over so it's a big commitment cast do you guys have like I'm, I'm always trying to get you guys now that you're the biggest guy in the world to get a dirty canning line and a and an eight ounce canning line and a nineteen point two. Have you guys made any moves in that way? There yes. is smooth yes. coming in the new year. All right, oh, this, this is I'm the here. new year. So, so you know well, we're in the new year. This within Are within the next month or so. No, 2022. Okay. There's going to be some exciting news coming from us about uh, some new types of canning lines. So oh, good. Look out. What, what I loved was Cass got the question and then immediately had to look to the legal team that sits behind him during every <laughs> podcast to see if he can answer. So and then very carefully, on the advice of counsel, <laughs> I have to decline. I will tell you that the answer <laughs> to that question is forthcoming at some yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cass. You're the but best. Pretty much, but pretty yeah. much assumed, yes. All right, so now let's get to the yeast question. Can you spell the word they're saying before yeast? Thialized or theolized? T- theolized, T-H- yeah. Oh. I-O-L-I-Z-E-E. 
stylized the deal so i've heard i've heard i've never used anything so i can't specifically say but hutch do you know what they're talking about are they talking about the ones that are supposed to play the all yeah um, i'm guessing maybe like yeah the maybe the yeasts that are supposed to be helping produce more esters like, like hop induced esters or yeah convict strike type strains or something yeah because i've definitely so i got i went down the phantasm path but i remember a big break about thiol you know th- i never heard thiolized but thiol enhancing yeasts you know what i mean like i think that's what they mean yeah okay so i've i've played with a couple of them along the way but never as identified as such right there's whoever the big hazy who's the big hazy british maker that's put one of their yeasts out oh cloud uh cloud maybe so so, somebody's done like because for the quick yeast lesson for everybody at home what we in america call the two classic now new england hazy yeasts conan and uh whatever we call it now it's like yeah l3 but devourer of all things human or whatever they're calling it uh but l3 and conan are both basically british derived yeasts one of the british hazy makers has thrown his into the mix i've had some fun with it i think it's super interesting and i'm not sure quebec isn't the best of everything for hazy i'm making a quebec one again this week um so and i believe that's the group of geese that are supposed to play up theols in a hop program i may be wrong I think there are two different things. I think uh, the Kvike yeast and the Theolist are, I, I, I don't know if, I haven't seen uh, Kvike talked about in that way, although it, it certainly could be. The the, the time... Kvike makes fruit shout from no, hops I, that are there for fermentation. Right, but it makes the hop shout where I think that this yeast gives up oh, like, in the same it's way that we were... Fruit. Yeah, so in the same way that like, you know, the the, the Weizen yeast that like we were tasting earlier gives off that banana and clove, these are giving off like pineapple or mango uh, during the fermentation process that can either enhance the, the flavor of hops or just replace them. Well, that would and just I'm make try- them esters though. I mean, I think... Sure, uh, yeah, no, exactly. That's, yeah. And I have, I have not researched this a whole lot. My understand what I have heard, obviously it's all subjective, was that there's some of these yeasts are actually creating esters from the hop compounds. Okay. So I thought that they um, were coming from from the yeast cells themselves, like as a byproduct. Yeah, but the, but Did John, they, what what the difference yeah. is if they were coming from the yeast, and you know there may be new new info on this. I haven't even looked in four or five years. But I think what Hutch is saying is what I know to be true. You you can make different yeast taste different fruity by under pitching, right. over pitching, sure. warm fermenting, cold fermenting. And I'm talking like slices of four degrees. So, and you can do okay. that with every, some of the best yeasts in the world classically lost their flavor amongst brewers because they couldn't be precise enough to keep it in the band where it works. You know what I mean? Like we use very forgiving yeast these days when we yeah. when we're making beers. Well, yeah, or most forgiving. of us do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but even amongst ale yeast, we use the most forgiving of those. Like, I have a. Anyway, I, you know, I have a couple recipes. I still use the other yeast on. We there's like a little group meeting. You know, huddle up, bring it in, boys, before we go to brew them. Like, remember, <laughs> sixty eight is sixty eight. 
Um, but you know, but I think, uh, I think their question there. got back to Go a really on. interesting idea of you no, know, I think they asked us, what did we think about the use of those stylized yeasts in other types of beers, like lagers right. and everything else? Yeah, which gets to the whole um, IPAification of every beer, right? Yeah. Everything is becoming IPA. Um, yeah, or hop forward. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. obviously. Or, I mean, you know, what, what used to be a Pilsner is now, you know, dry hop Pilsner or. Um, Fucking Kennedy. You know, Kennedy's to blame for that. For dry hop Pilsner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's on Kennedy. Who's in charge of cold IPA? Of I, want to, I want to meet that person. That's uh, Kevin Davies at uh, Wayfinder. Yeah. <laughs> you, but you like, actually like that's enough. actually him literally yeah. you, you've been around long enough you've had enough fun don't you see a a cycle in the zeitgeist words like when ice beers happen and now we're just saying cold because you're <laughs> lager you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like come on i, I get I mean, it a, and I, under- all... I understand that no your average craft beer drinker although they'll tell you they know more about beer than you and i don't but you know what i'm saying but but don't spend that much focus but cold ipa just didn't they try to call cold ipa uh dry hop or whatever ipl pale lager yeah Yeah, ipl yeah yeah it's ipl uh yeah i don't know Uh, i mean it's part of me is obviously a lover of traditional things because that's what we grew up with mm -hmm. um but first and foremost does it taste good you know i'm not a traditionalist in the sense that I, i find that I'm offended by, you know, putting fruit in things or, uh, or unusual techniques or unusual flavors or, you know, changing up a style. If it tastes good, it tastes good. Yeah. Now you could argue that I don't think a lot of these things taste good, uh, <laughs> but that's a different argument altogether. Uh, um, we'll let it, we'll, we won't go there. This show was supposed to end eight minutes ago. We're still kind of bad. Hey, pal, am I going to see you next month in uh, Rochester? Yes, you are. What's oh, Rochester? Fun. We're gonna we're going up to drink cream ale together in uh, February in Rochester because that's we're, that's we're that's how that's how the, that's how you do it. The largest state competition in the country, the New York State Brewers Association craft beer competition. So that's amazing. You yeah, mean fun, Lou you Bryson? That's right. Oh, yeah. Horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be Augie's chance to get the text about me. Yeah, I can't wait. I got, I got to come. Don't act. Here's the difference between you and me. Don't act like I didn't get texts when you were falling off stools. I just let it slide. Yeah. I don't bring it up as uh, a flaw. Yeah. I see it as the beauty of the animal that is Hall. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I guess that's it. I'll just tell you all I love you. Hutch, thanks for jumping on with us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, catch up. I, you're, you're another one of those people I've missed since I haven't left my house in 24 months. Um, Cass, tell them the stuff. Yes, do this stuff. If you would like to write us letters, steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Send whatever you'd like. We're happy to answer anything. And follow us on all social medias at Steal This Beer. And Patreons, thank you uh, for those that donate. You know, those dollars do go a long way. So, you know, if you'd like to kick us a couple bucks, keep us going. Patreon.com slash Steal This Beer. Hey, Cass. Oh, see what we're drinking. what's uh, what's uh, What's the best nation? America. Jesus Christ. Donation. Donation, Cass. <laughs> Come on, Cass. I'm still not going to remember that, even if you ask me next week. We're going to so. keep trying. We're you know what this says? Until you get all, it right. this, all this says is when there were still strip clubs, 
in Times Square, Cass was too young to have had to walk through Times Square. Yeah. That, that, is where, that is where that got famous, was outside the, the body of Times Square. Don't have to be a Rockefeller to help a fella. Um, anyway, Hutch, thanks, man. And we will get up there. And, I mean, obviously, with these guys, we should probably do the, the um, Italian restaurant. But I'll get back to the French one soon. Sounds um, good. And I can't wait. Uh, get at us, y'all. Thanks, Thanks for listening.